The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings, who are entirely responsible for its content. Sorry, guys, you are on your own. This is the Federal Football Report, a weekly wrap-up of all things burgundy and gold. The Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Stanfield and Claude Jennings. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Federal Football Report on 1500 AM Federal News Radio, Podcast One, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kevin Stanfield. Claude Jennings is, is missing in action for this. So we're asking our good friend Rodney Henderson to co-host this episode. Now, now Rodney, I'm not sure, but we all know about uh, Claude's cousin, uh, Clyde Jenkins. And uh, I don't know, you know, I haven't seen Clyde lately. And, you know, Clyde's a notorious Cowboy fan. And after this game where Dallas sort of showed out the other night, I think uh, I think Clyde might have showed out uh, at the family gathering or something. That's I can't have I don't have any other explanation of, of why Claude would be missing in action. Probably so. Black sheep of the family. We, we probably agree. <laughs> but they probably cut up. We probably cut up with the family guy, yeah. especially the big win that they exploited the coach's offense yeah. and defense. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll have to talk about it because that's what we do. But but we're here mainly to talk about the the stunning 2020 tie between the Washington Commanders and, and Rodney's own New York G-Men Giants, a game that, quite frankly, both teams should have won. <laughs> How did you look at the tie, man? How did you look at? How did you accept that? I looked at it like tying a wizard, Windsor knot. So it was <laughs> it was difficult. <laughs> but no, I, I, it was like a, a tale of uh, quarters. Uh, first quarter was the Commanders. Second quarter was the Giants, and then the four, the rest of the quarters it was the referees. So. Um, <laughs> And yeah. then, then, then a couple of times we got complacent on offense, both teams. So uh, uh, it, it, it was an entertaining, it's an entertaining game. But I think a lot of uh, plays left on it because when you were the wide receiver and you're paid to catch the ball, then you could make a a play on that play. We could, uh, uh, Darius Slayton could have made a play on that play, and we could have had the game wrapped up right then and there. But you know. Now I'm, I'm going to start with the end, the end of this thing first, and that's that's the overtime and uh, leading to the overtime, which um, the the legend uh, of Taylor Heineke continued when he absolutely had to score and he drove his team down downfield. Uh, they needed seven to, to force overtime, and that's exactly what he did. But when we got into overtime, and the Giants weren't able to score on that first drive. And, and Washington got the ball back. What were your thoughts right then? I was like, uh-oh, he's, he's hot. They get ready to drive the field and come on back down. But then they came out and said, no, we don't want to win the game either. <laughs> that, that was, it was bizarre to me because it, when, when Washington stopped the Giants in overtime and they said, man, all we got to do is, is kick a field goal right. to win this game. And and the pressure was off. It seemed like the whole team just 
just relaxed, right? That that intensity that they had for that final drive of the fourth quarter. The final drive, by the way, which the Giants still could have won if, if my boy had uh, had a little bit more leg on that fifty-eight yard field goal, right? You know that's right. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not letting him off the hook either. But still, when Washington got the ball, they they called like three weird plays. The the, the first play, um, uh, Heineke got sacked, I believe, near the goal line. And the most effective play was them giving the ball to Brian Robinson. And he ran, he ran and got, they were like uh, second and 20. I forget exactly what the, but, but Robinson ran for like 11 yards and got them back to a respectable third and nine. And then they, it was just, they, they called a play. They called a wide receiver play wide receiver screen that had not worked all game. It didn't work all game long. They got at most five yards out of it. And what made them think that all of a sudden the Giants are saying, oh, it's going to work this time. <laughs> I can't figure well, it out. I believe, I believe, our, I believe our pass rush was, was, was full strength other than uh, um, Leonard uh, Williams. Um, not, uh, Leonard Williams got hurt. So other than that, the, our pass rush is, is back full, full speed, full strength. So uh, I think they were just trying to make a quick hitter, and it didn't work. And um, like you said, uh, the sack, it should have been game over right there. Then, but Avon Thibodeau sacked Tyler Heineke, uh, Heineke right there, but he didn't make him fumble. But uh, maybe it's learned. But it was getting a lot of pressure. So I asked uh, Scott Turner, I was talking to him, good play caller that he is. <laughs> you know, um, just make, keep doing what he's doing so we get uh, tired of uh, game. But um, – <laughs> yeah, it's just, it was just it was just kind of strange, but I, I would say kudos to the defensive line because they showed up both of them. Defensive lines was grown men out there. It was competitive. It was the movers and shakers. Just like uh, earlier, you had Doc Walker on the show. He was saying you gotta have the big people up front. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, they, the, the line of scrimmage it was like they was huffing and puffing. They were tired, so I guess they got tired too. So. It was bad play calling too, so we caught on that too. Yeah, all, all the way around, all the way, all the way around. around. Like, mm -hmm. like that. You know, the the read option became, I I would say, became famous in the pros when Cal Shanahan uh, instituted it with uh, RG three, mm -hmm. and you know the league caught up to it, and uh, the Reds, the, the the former, the team formerly known as Berkeley and Gold. Uh, they failed to adapt. When the league adapt to the read option, uh, Washington didn't do anything else with it, right? And and Robert basically said, I'm getting tired of getting beat up. We're going to have to do something else, right? Uh, when, when Daniel Jones was running the read option, it, it seems like that's a play that's pretty much uh, made for him. They saw, they saw success that uh, Marcus Mariota had running that read option in the week prior, was it surprising to you how effective that play was against the Burgundy and Gold? Um, yes, and well, well, the uh, the commanders are stout. Uh, they have grown men, Mr. Allen, Mr. Payne, up the middle, so you couldn't really run up the middle because uh, I'll tell you, Mr. Allen was throwing um, um all over the place. So, but couldn't run the race. So the real option was to make sure they were disciplined. And yes, I thought it was be successful because every time we played, Daniel Jones is, what is he, five and five, four and one against the uh, commanders? And he has a uh, Super Bowl and he's an MVP against the uh, commanders. So every time we play, he has a good game. So 
But he, he um, and this is one of the questions that everybody in New York said is trying to say is Daniel Jones the quarterback. But yes, he runs the read option and he's making better decisions. And the only thing he did wrong was try to, you know, he, he hasn't wanted to. He's been trying to get the first down and Payne made a good play and made him fumble. But the read option was uh, working to a tee. They should have did it more. But you don't want to put your, uh, your quarterback in the harm's way like that. But Daniel Jones did an ex. He had an excellent game. I don't know what uh, everybody wants. Like, you know, he he's accurate. He's strong. Six four, six five, and and he has wheels. So, um, yes, the re option did work, and uh, and I was surprised we didn't go to it more. Yeah, Kevin Stanfield, Rodney Henderson here on the Federal Football Report. Claude Jennings missing in action. Uh, got APB out for his cousin Clyde Jenkins. Uh, not saying anything bad happened, but <laughs> as a Dallas fan, I'll just leave it at that. Now, we're talking about this read option thing, and when Washington was effective with it back in the day, uh, you had the double tre- threat, rather. You had uh, RG3 who could run, but you also had the rookie of the almost rookie of the year and Alfred Morris who could uh, follow some yards, too. Uh, Saquon was having a decent game. I, I think Saquon, Saquon was having one of those bruising NFC East types of games. Some of those times that Jones kept it, he was effective. I was relieved as a Washington fan that they didn't give it to Saquon. <laughs> you know, do you think that they utilized him enough in this game? Uh, I think they tried to, but like I was saying, um, Mr. Allen, Mr. Payne, I got to call him by Mr. first because they were grown men. They, they weren't having it up in the middle. So uh, they tried, but he they were stopping the run. Uh, he had a good, you know, couple of runs. And one run, I think it was overtime, he did a screen. When he laid down his shoulder, he's, uh, what, six foot, 230 pounds. When he laid down his shoulder and he ran over, uh, I think, I believe it was Gibson or, or Robinson, um, he ran him over. And he's, he's not, he's a shifty runner about to be big, but he's shifty. But he doesn't know he need to learn how to run with his pads a little bit more. But yes, they were, they wanted to, but it wasn't working. And that's one thing I will say. I am happy that we have a competent offensive coordinator. We have a competent head coach. So I, I was surprised, but they couldn't go to it because it wasn't working. Hey man, speaking of the head coach, how you pronounce his name? Dope Debo, Dope uh, the head Brian coach. the ball. The ball. Yeah, this, this, this show the great. Just look at me say, Rodney, you're, you're <laughs> the ball. This showed a graphic on the screen, and I forget what school it was. It was uh, uh, William Murray. It was, William. The way he, well, no, he wasn't he a pro. Did he play for Buffalo? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he uh, no, he uh, came from Buffalo as a court offensive coordinator. Oh, but they were talking about. I, I know you don't listen. To, uh, doing, uh, oh no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but they they were saying William Murray, William and Murray, where he started for uh, this to be an intern. Right. When he played. You know, he seems like he's a bit of a, a hefty type guy, husky, as we used to say back in the day. Husky guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he played safety. <laughs> he played safety. He was a box safety, pretty like that. Oh, like he okay. was a box safety. You too young to remember Richie Pettibone, but but Richie was the same type of husky guy, right? And you no, look no, at no, him. No, 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 I remember the defensive You remember Richie? Yeah. Look, yes. hey, look, Richie was the same type of guy. You'd look at Richie and say he might be an athlete, but but safety, I, I yeah, that, that wouldn't have been my first guess. Let's, let's put it this way. I, but I, 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 I agree. Yeah. I, I was shocked too. I thought he was. I thought he was uh, 
a quality control coach or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but he seems like I, I tell you, man, I'm I'm a I'm a throwback kind of guy. I I I loved Mike Ditka because he was like the last guy to wear a suit and tie on the sidelines, right? You know, and any coach that comes back to me, no matter even if it's the Cowboys, and they come back and the coach wears a suit and tie, he's automatically all right in my book. But but uh, the bowl, the ball, the the the, the safety, whatever his name is, he's got a he 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 looks like the type of, type of guy who just go out and hang out with the lineman after after practice, right? You know, he just, man. I, when I when I tell you, uh, uh, Kevin, I am relieved that we have him as a head coach. That he is confident and he connects with um, with all the players and and he's you know and it and it's all the way across. He said mm. one thing is most difficult for him. And everybody is, has an open door policy, and everybody who comes in there, he has to uh, pay attention to them like it's important for them for you know just to listen, just to hear him out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's a leader of men. That's one thing. And yes, he's old school. He looks like he, he's fun to hang out with, and and he has he wears jorts. So I'll give it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how, how how did you feel after this game? Did you feel like your team won or lost? Let me just. It's, it's... I, I feel I feel like that. We got to execute on a couple of plays, and I think we play. I think a couple of plays we played click um, complacently. But I love to see my defense in a couple of weeks. I think we'll be ready for two weeks from now, and also to be geared up that we have an upset coming up, hopefully Sunday against the uh, the other team up north. <laughs> I'm not gonna say the name, but yes, um, yeah, I, 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 I mean, yes, I'm, I want to win. And I felt like maybe he didn't get enough kick on the uh, kick. Cause it's funny. It's how ironic this was that Graham Cano beat us in Carolina on a 60-yard <laughs> when he with Ron Revere was the coach in Carolina against the Giants against that game. So I yeah. thought he was going to make it because he was clutch, but it didn't go through. But, you know, that's how the cookies crumble. Um, it's a tie, but I know we still in the running, but I'm, I'm just glad to be competitive football. Yes, I would have loved to win, but I am I'm I'm looking for, forward to, towards the future. I have a theory about the the success of Taylor Heineke late in games when um when like the chips are down and and you know it's on the line and you absolutely have to score. I I've always felt that when you're in a hurry up situation in an up tempo situation, it sort of takes the ball out of the hands of the offensive coordinator of this team. I think that that they practice a hurry-up offense and they have things already laid out. So right. the offensive coordinator doesn't have time to think about mm-hmm. it. He had time to think about those plays in overtime, and, and that's that was the results, right? I, I, I don't think... I think they're forced to use Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson the way they've been... because they've been effective. It, what I don't like seeing is like one of the guys have a, a, a five yard run and immediately look to the sideline and see if he has to come out or not. I, I, I'd like to see them challenge that a little bit more. I'd like to see a little bit more attitude right there. And that above all is what I was disappointed with about this game. The, the Giants played this game like it was a defensive, I mean, a, um, a NFC East game. They look at it like a division game against a division opponent, and you always get up that little bit of extra stuff for your division opponents, right? You know, right. even though teams that have no no shot of making the playoffs always should get up for a division opponent. 
And the Giants were obviously up. <laughs> you know, the Giants got, I think personnel-wise, the Giants are lacking in a couple of spots, and they need to rebuild. And I think it looks like with this ability they have in the coaching position, uh, it looks like that they'll be able to build on something here, right? But the Berkeley and Gold, the, the commanders didn't, come out with the fire I thought they should have come out with. Yeah, they scored 10 quick points. You know, it was a quick turnover. Uh, but I, I wanted I wanted more penalties that weren't like, uh, like you know, a weak face mask or something like this. I want like 15 yards for brutality or something like right. that. I did, the, the, the Giants still, like you said about the other team up north, they still believe in these divisional games, right? Mm-hmm. These, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I agree with you. Um, it just that's the one thing I would say because last year it, we probably wouldn't have bounced back from ten nothing. This year is is like a total, uh, like you said, uh, Dave DeBoer looked like a guy he hang out with the lineman. He's tough minded. He took it on his personality, and they bouncing back and they're resilient to fight back, even t- uh, ten up and down. And I thought, uh oh, getting me to stop. They stepped up, drove down the field in the second quarter and scored. But um. That's just a testament to, yeah, like I agree with you too. We're missing on a lot of spots, even though we paying a wide receiver $19, $20 million, but he still can't get on the field, which I, I can't understand. And we're hurting that wide receiver. But uh, that's another story for another day. But um, I, I'm, I'm excited, you know, just to be competitive in December. Can, can, can you believe that we're talking about competitive <laughs> football in December? Like you're saying, old school NFC East football. That you know, whoever won the NFC uh, championship won the Super Bowl. So it seems like the good right. old days, like we used to have. So I, I'm I'm excited to, I'm, I'm I'm excited to see the you know the, to the future. And then I just hope everybody just come together because you know losing a lot of players to start tweeting about they're not getting no time on the field, and uh, hmm. it's not good. But hopefully, um, hopefully we move forward towards it because we can go with the upset. I know you'd be rooting for us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> he said with a grain of salt. Like, it's like taking medicine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. It tastes nasty, but yeah. But you know what? The the league agrees with you, man, because, you know, they've uh, they flexed the uh, the rematch in two weeks for the Giants and, and the Manders uh, for the Sunday night game, right? Prime time, right? So, you know, when the NFC East is good, the NFL is good. You know, it's, it's just mm-hmm. more exciting. It brings a conversation to the league. Yeah, you know, people have forgotten all about Joe Burrow and and the kid, the kid in San Diego and and the, the pretty boy Rams and all that. They don't care, you know. All the, it, you know, they're flash. They win a Super Bowl. They get close, but but this time of year, with the weather being what it is, right? Yes. It's, it's it's football. It's yes. the ground grounded out football, and, mm-hmm. and the league's decided to see it. And I'm just hoping that we make the adjustments. Let's take a quick break. We're gonna come back and uh, we're gonna do a, a tribute version of fake news or not. For, uh, for for Claude, we're going to talk about uh, the NFC East in more detail because there are other teams that we, we, we might have to lower the quality of the show and talk we, about. We don't need to talk about Yeah, I think we do. I think we do. Look, look, Claude already Claude already got a hold <laughs> of Claude. We don't want your cousin Ronald coming in. And, and you know, uh, uh, Rodney has a cousin named Ronald Hankerson, right? <laughs> uh, uh, I would say an avid fan, but he's just nuts. We will get the two of them on the show together once we can get them all in the same place. But right now, we'll take a quick break. Break. We'll be back in a second with more of the Federal Football Report. 
From the playing field to the battlefield, Northrop Grumman stands with the United States Navy and all of those who serve our great nation. That's why we proudly support Navy athletics. Go Navy! Meet Harper, teammate at Truist. Hello! She was born to care and always had your back. Like the time her friend's bumper car took a gnarly hit. Oh no! His retainer went flying, but Harper caught it before it got crushed. Today, Harper's a teammate at Truist, the bank with Truist One checking. With no overdraft fees, a $100 negative balance buffer, and automatic upgrades, Truist One checking has your back too. When you start with care, you get a different kind of bank. $100 negative balance buffer. Eligibility requirements apply. Truist Bank member FDIC. Naval Academy football is sponsored by OptumServe, dedicated to improving the lives of service members, veterans, and their families. Together, we're committed to improving the health and well-being of those who serve our nation by making it easier to navigate the healthcare system and ensuring health readiness. Wherever the next mission takes them, OptumServe is here to provide high-quality, value-based healthcare services to our country's heroes, serving those who serve us. Visit OptumServe.com slash military health to learn more. That's OptumServe.com slash military health. The Navy Exchange is proud to support the blue and gold. At the Navy Exchange, shop your family's favorite brands in-store or online, including our Navy Exchange anchor partners, Crest, LG, and Ashley Furniture. Go Navy! Protecting what matters most is the mission that matters most. That's why at Lockheed Martin, we've spent decades building and connecting the platforms you need to dominate every domain. With technologies that protect in the same moment they detect. And digital engineering that's more agile and connected than ever. Your mission is a safer, more secure world. Our promise is to help make it happen. Lockheed Martin. If you talk and they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy. So we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. The future depends on teachers. Every day, teachers are shaping our tomorrows starting their students on journeys that will change the course of history. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who will make preventing pandemics their life's work, sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who will help combat climate change, and generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. It all starts with teachers who meet challenges with creativity, who reinvent education for the future, who work towards a school system that lifts up every child, regardless of race, income, or zip code, and who enable the full potential of our students, our communities, and our country. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Shape the future. Teach. 
Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. Hey everybody, it's David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast, the D.C. area's one and only food and wine variety show right here on 1500 AM. You want to know what's going on at the local restaurants, what the local chefs are doing and saying, except for the French chefs, I can never understand them, the vineyards, wine seminars, more. It's all right here on Foodie and the Beast every Sunday morning at 11, right here on 1500 AM. everybody, it's David and Nikki Nellis for Foodie and the Beast, the D.C. area's one and only food and wine variety show right here on 1500 AM. You want to know what's going on at the local restaurants, what the local chefs are doing and saying, except for the French chefs, I can never understand them, the vineyards, wine seminars, more. It's all right here on Foodie and the Beast every Sunday morning at 11, right here on 1500 AM. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and America's largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal law enforcement agencies through our many varied programs, including free safety equipment donations, free officer survival training, cash donations, and condolence letters to the family of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty. USDSA also offers college scholarships for the dependent children of law enforcement along with the Citizen Awareness Program and thank you cards to law enforcement. These are just some of the ways United States Deputy Sheriff's Association assists America's law enforcement and the citizens they serve. For more information about United States Deputy Sheriff's Association or to see how you can help, visit www.usdeputy.org. United States Deputy Sheriff's Association, taking training to the next level because lives are on the line. Welcome back to the Federal Football Report on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and Podcast One. I'm Kevin Stanfield. He's Rodney Henderson. I was just telling Rodney during the break, my wife has pulled out the, the pulled out the decorations for Christmas, right? Tis the season. And I snuck this candy cane <laughs> out of the box, right, right before the show. Now, now Rodney commented on my attire since I have a, the vintage uh, burgundy and gold uh, uh, shirt and hat on. But he sees the candy cane. I took a bite out of it before the show, but it's been talking to me the whole show, man. I, I can't, I can't eat it on the air, but it just. It's been talking to me. <laughs> I hope, hope it is not a lightsaber uh, uh, ones. Oh, woo, I'll tell you the no. light, lightsaber ones. Oh, yeah, no, no. This was this is a real authentic uh, vintage peppermint. Peppermint. Red, right? the, one, the ones that you just, you know, suck on and eventually make into a spear. At the end. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, well, Christmas is coming up, which, you know, this is going to be um, pretty soon. We're going to have a holiday edition of uh, fake news and that with all, with everybody, with you, your cousin, uh, uh, Ronald, Claude, his cousin, yes, uh, Clyde. We just have a family reunion on the show, man. But yes, if, if, the, if, the, if the FTC, FCC will allow that. But anyway, <laughs> it's time for everybody's favorite segment. It's time for fake news or not. It's time for fake news or not. You know how it works. I'm going to give Rodney three questions, and he's going to tell me if they're fake news or not. He answered one. I'm going to ask it again because I thought it was very important. Uh, Rodney, fake news or not, the New York Giants have their quarterback of the future in Daniel Jones. Is that fake news or not? That is news. We have a, a, a starting quality 
quarterback. He's accurate. He's intelligent. He's tough. He's competitive. And he plays well against the commander. So what more can you add? <laughs> what more can you add? Can I you will add? say this. I, you know, New York has been uh, notorious for being a tough place to play because they have the they have the New York media and they have this expect New York teams, even when they're bad, the New Yorkers expect them to be good. They still treat them like they're good. They don't say, well, we lost because we're bad. They'll say, how'd you lose this game? <laughs> you know, and I kind of respect that. That's not, that's not your wine and cheese crowd. You know, this, like Doc said about the crowd that used to come to see them play, his crowd stands up during the whole game. Right. You know? <clears throat> they, they're going to want it. They, they, they work hard. I guess there's a blue collar everywhere. They work hard. They want to see a good product, good entertainer. You're going to come to play. You're prepared to be a professional. So, yeah, yeah. friends are hard. It's hard. If, to Daniel, if Daniel Jones can win that crowd over, because you don't hear you don't hear people uh, uh, people in this town in the playoff hunt are still talking about playing the third string quarterback, Sam Howell, right? You know, they, we got to play right. Howell. We got to do this. Heineke, Heineke is uh, 4-1-1, and one, and they tell him, oh, he, he's not the man. <laughs> you know, whatever, right? That's this that's this team, this, this crowd here, and that has to change. But the Giants... If if I really hate to see that happen because for my second question of fake news or not is another Giants question. Um, fake news or not, the Giants absolutely have to address before anything else the wide receiver position. Is that fake news or not? That that is news. They're gonna have to address it. Address a whole we have a whole bunch of hopes, but especially the wide receiver and Kenny Galladay. That uh, he can't get on the field. Uh, we playing with a whole bunch of backups, but even though they're professionals, I, I like the uh, kid Isaiah Hodge. He made it uh, ooh a nice sweet uh, route uh, before the score in the second quarter. Um, yeah, we have to address it, and hopefully, hopefully, uh, I think Dallas is doing it again. Uh, you hear that, Claude, and, and, and uh, that Dallas is doing it again. Um, that they send the rumors out that uh, Odell might not be able to able to play into uh, the playoffs. So I guess that's maybe, you know, leverage for him to sign with somebody. Hopefully we can sign Odell. I would love for him to come back. But yes, we need to address the wide receiver position because I think Daniel Jones don't really have nobody over. Everybody's hurt. The rookie, um, Waddell Robinson got hurt. He uh, hurt his uh, ACL. Kenny Galladay is not getting 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 on the field and say he's hurt. Every time uh, we have Rich, Richie James and Davis Stills and the other backups, Isaiah Hodge, I said, we, and the Slayton, who, can, who leads the league, he has a second, high, second highest percentage in the league of dropping passes. When I saw that side, I said, who has that? 15%, yeah. he, he drops 15% of his passes, of a high percentage of dropping his passes as a wide receiver. So that's, uh, yes, we have to address the wide receiver. Well, he only has the highest stats because I'm not in the league. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not there. I would have dropped at least one more. <laughs> I would have dropped one more than he dropped. Well, you was cornerback. You was playing defense. That's what it is. You, you, no, 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 no. I, I was a receiver, but he had to, the quarterback would have to hit me in the numbers just for security. <laughs> just for security. I didn't grab him, but I love my ribs too much, man. I just, you know, they say, I'll get arms. I, yeah, you know. I'm, well, you, you don't have to worry about that because if they touch you, they, they, they call the flag now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Speaking of which, speaking yeah, yeah. of which, yes. Speaking it, of which, please, I don't please. know which one. 
There's so many of them. You, you we, know which one you should say. No, 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 no. no. I, the first one I want to talk about is the pass interference uh, penalty on um, uh, who was that on? It was Terry McLaurin. It was right. what was the guy's name that used to play here? Um, the guy who oh, got hung. Oh, oh, Fabian Moreau. Yeah, Fabian Moreau. Right. He's got quite a story behind that kid. That's amazing. I'm happy for him that he right. found some type of redemption. He's back in the league because yes. he's almost. He was almost breaking rocks as old people yes. say. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean, you and, and, and that's one thing I would say about GM. That's a good find. And I'm yeah. happy for it, too, because he's he's been playing the ball, except for yeah. against, uh, against the Commanders. Yeah, one, thing my, one thing my boy Doc would say, you know, it's, it's good to uh, – it's, it's it's good to have the uh, the the, uh, the the strong citizens and and the strong community guys on your team. You need a couple of thugs. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just need a couple of thugs. You, you want everybody else to keep it in check. But you, you need do. a couple of thugs. I don't mean you hardened do. criminals. Yeah. But you need you need those with thug like tendencies. Yeah, right? yeah. Say so we ain't going out like that. We don't yeah. lose. Yeah. That's right. But right. but speaking of thug, he mugged Terry McLaurin <laughs> on that play. I saw it. You. Saw it, the American people saw it, and the referees just got together and said, "Nah, it's okay." <laughs> well, what they said is okay. They said, "Well, if he, if he, I, don't, I don't think he could get to the ball. It wasn't because of him holding him. It was him with Tyler Haneke didn't get the ball to him. He, That's what he didn't get the ball because Moreau was he was on a, uh, he was on his back like Superman's cape. <laughs> he was <laughs> the, the extra weight, man. That's what I saw. And then all of a sudden." All of a sudden, it was like third down, or they were, and I looked and I said, "Did I turn away from the set and I mixed something because uh -huh. they're supposed to be on the one yard line?" What, what happened? I rewound the TV, and then I almost, I almost, now you know, it was bad if I did this. I almost turned the volume up so I can hear what was being said. But it was obvious after a while. They said that they picked the flag up, right? Now, in fairness. They're going to make it time. You're right. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. They're going to make it time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in fairness, there was a couple of calls that did not get called uh, against Burgundy and Gold against the Giants. Did you think that the refs may have been leaning in one direction or another? Well, see, well, I think I think they they kind of knew what the end of the result was going to be. We're going to make this a tie. So we're going to make it a tie consistently to go across the board that both teams <laughs> had bad calls. That's what it was. That's what it was because the one I want to talk about is, you know, when the offensive lineman was just celebrating that uh, the wide uh, the receiver we just picked up made a big play and right. he ran through three people and he was showing his strength for the first down and the offensive lineman was just excited and ran up to, yeah, you strong, but when he wasn't talking, he wasn't taunting the other players. I'm like, come hey. on, y'all. Come on. Hey, man, I felt taunted. <laughs> so the taunting is in somebody's face. This, yeah, this yeah, yeah. Flexing like Michael Strahan always used to do after a sack. That's not taunting. That's just showing man. that, hey, he made a strong play. That's all he was saying. I know, I'm sitting. I'm sitting way down here, in, you know, in the outskirts of D.C., and I felt I felt intimidated. <laughs> I said, I, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm taunted. Whatever that is. And then, and then the, the play on the punt where the, where the where the gunner ran out of bounds, and they said they said that the the the, the guy pushed him out of bounds or something. I, you know, I. He ran out of bounds. He just, you know, the guy was just making contact. I, I don't understand this. That's the play that you don't see called. Uh, at, at, in like only like two or three games a year, man. I just right, I, I didn't right, understand it. Right. I, I will I, say this. 
I will say this, they were equally as incompetent call or not calling the holding plays. On yes. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. Dudes, dudes had hands, literally had hands full of jerseys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hands, <laughs> face masks. Face masks. Face masks, yeah. Yep. Yep. I guess now, see, what should happen is, well, both teams should come to that realization that they're not going to call penalties. So right. that means just... Do what you have to do. do I, have a theory. Have to I know do. You, you've heard this. I've told Claude this on several, on several occasions about the defensive backs. And I don't understand this. I say, if you're close enough to the man where you can grab him, you're close enough to make a play on the ball, right? You, you got to be right there with him. If, if, you if, got, if, if he's turning around, you, you do the same thing. Yeah, you yeah. turn around for what reason? The ball is in the air, so yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it's bad technique. They have to be taught this stuff, man. It's just, it's just not the technique isn't there. Okay, well that's it for fake news or not. We're gonna take another quick break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna go around the uh, the NFC East and see where this thing stands and leading up to the big showdown flex. The prime time, Sunday, December 8th, 8.20. Uh, Mike Tirico, my buddy, and Chris Collinsworth on the call. We're <laughs> back in a minute with the Federal Football Report. The future depends on teachers. Every day, teachers are shaping our tomorrows, starting their students on journeys that will change the course of history. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist will make preventing pandemics their life's work. Sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who will help combat climate change. And generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. It all starts with teachers who meet challenges with creativity, who reinvent education for the future, who work towards a school system that lifts up every child, regardless of race, income, or zip code, and who enable the full potential of our students our communities, and our country. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Shape the future. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. And now an important message from Amanda Klutz. Our lives have truly changed since March 2020. Not only did Broadway dim their lights, but my biggest light, my star, my husband, Elvis's father, Nick Cordero, passed. Nick fought a really tough battle from the repercussions of COVID-19. This pandemic has made us all stronger. It has given us an opportunity to find new ways to rise above this pain. And there is hope now with many vaccines available, but we have to keep wearing our masks and we have to keep social distancing. Practicing these methods only keeps us all safer. Please make kindness contagious and unite to prevent. For more information, visit unitetoprevent.org. Hi, I'm Mike Richmond of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs with your VA Research Nugget of the Day. Longtime VA transplant surgeon and research scientist Thomas Starzl is widely regarded as the father of transplantation. Although not the first surgeon to perform a successful kidney transplant, he's credited with the first ever series of repetitively successful human kidney transplants. They resulted in long-term survival for patients. He carried out the first of those in 1962. He's also credited with performing the first successful liver transplant in 1963. 
While Starzl's patients succumbed to pneumonia weeks after the liver transplant, it was still considered a huge success and paved the way for life-saving procedures for many others. To learn more about VA research, go to research.va.gov. That's research.va.gov. I'm Mike Richmond. The ones that matter most are the children. There is a special place in South Dakota, a place of hope, love, safety, and opportunity for Native American children. This place is St. Joseph's Indian School. Here, we preserve traditions, provide Lakota kids a safe place to learn, attend to the mind, body, heart, and spirit of every child in our care. As a father, I feel very good about leaving my kids here and they have way more opportunities here. I can come on campus and I can feel the good vibes and the children, they can really grow. Together, we are giving Lakota children brighter futures and a proud connection to their past. To learn more, go to helplakotakids.org today. Welcome back. Federal Football Report, 1500 AM Podcast One. Kevin Stanfield, Rodney Henderson, looking at the NFC East. Let's, first of all, we're going to talk about the, uh, the upcoming game for a minute. And, and th- they flexed it. But, you know, it's been this thing lately at, at FedEx Field with the commanders and the opposing team's fans. Mm-hmm. This being a Sunday night game, do you think it's more or less likely that people will take that trip from New York to do this? Oh, yeah. They're gonna, from New York, they're going to be here in D.C. All the New York fans going to come out for this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Especially they got to go to work the next day, man. They got to go to work the next day. They got to drive all the way back to New York, man. People don't have no problem calling in saying they sick, especially nowadays. <laughs> I thought you were going to say people ain't no jobs, but no, no, no. That's your That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But I'm hoping they don't have it. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, while, while I was on vacation, um, I was telling uh, Claude that um, I was in the Dominican Republic. I watched the Detroit-Buffalo uh, game, and I watched the uh, Patriots game uh, late, but they did not show the uh, Giants and Cowboys, a game that the Giants, I needed the Giants to win, and they didn't come through. What happened on the Thanksgiving game? Oh, uh, what happened on the Thanksgiving game? It, it was... It was a tell of two halves. Like, we had the lead in the first half, but the second half um, couldn't do too much. I mean, I, I, I admit this, but uh, the Cowboys was just, we got to tip our hat. They were just better than us in that game. So the second half of the game, we couldn't really do anything. Like like you said, it's in dire, we're in a dire need to get wide receivers. Nobody can get separation. And by the time, by the time they get separation, uh, was his, was his number eleven was in in Daniel Jones' face? He had a yeah, lot of pressure yeah. in his face, and uh, yeah. Thomas didn't have a good game, so it was it was kind of hard to move the ball. So first half we was doing our thing, running running offense. Daniel Jones looked good, looked fine. The second half we couldn't do anything, couldn't do anything. So I, I, I guess I'll tip my hat to the to the cow cowgirls or cowboys, but um, yeah, we couldn't do anything on the second half. Yeah, I, I I would want to talk about like what they did to the Colts this past week, and interesting because I was watching the game and 
<laughs> the Colts were right in this game early, right? They were they were giving a um, Dak to a couple of unfortunate picks. Uh, mm-hmm. They were giving um, they were giving the boys a hard time, right? Hard time. Then I blink. <laughs> you know, I blinked and they say I know Dallas hit fifty. <laughs> you know, I, I know. I was like, man, I know they're not that explosive, but and the ironic, the funny thing is that the former uh, coach had a couple of uh, defensive touchdowns. Uh, more, more uh, I think Hooker. Yeah, Ohio yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I couldn't believe. It. I said, "Look at this!" I said, "Oh, we got to hear this now." I'm yeah, about to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably why a certain co-host, you know, well beloved in this area, probably doesn't have any voice right now because he was cheering for all those touchdowns and all that. But I'm just saying, that, you know, who knows? Who knows? Him and you know, Clyde and Claude get together, right? You know, who knows what 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 may happen, right? So, look, right. we got. Um, the G-Man got an important game coming up for the NFL, not just the NFL, NFC East, but for all the NFL, man. This can determine, like, home field advantage throughout the playoffs, by first round by, uh, of course, the division title and all that. So tell me what you're looking for in this matchup with the Eagles. Well, I think I think we, we're getting all our, uh, our defensive linemen, and I think we can add some pressure to, uh, to Jalen Hurts and, and the top their run game because it looked like, they are tearing people apart. They are running the ball. They're passing the ball. They're posting up people, throwing up the ball. Uh, they're doing whatever they want to. And defensively, they're stout against the run. They got uh, – they might be hurt in secondary now. Um, I think we could have an uphill challenge, but uh, I believe we – I wouldn't be surprised if we come out with a win because I think we are coming – a little bit coming in healthy at the right time to maybe to give them a game. But um, I don't sound confident, but <laughs> the Eagles look good. I will yeah, say that. Yeah. But um, hey. I definitely think we could, a Sunday at 1 o'clock, hopefully they'll show that game, that we could pull the victory out because we really need uh, this win. If we win this win, if we win this Sunday, we could be solidify our spot for the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 like I said before, it's meaningful meaningful football in December and I'm excited about it. Good old NFC East football. Oh school. Yeah, I hope it snows, man. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Here's I don't I'm a little torn about this, right? You know, I don't think uh like statistically or logically that that the the Manders can catch the Eagles. Right. I don't know if I want to face the Eagle, face the Giants um, after a Giants win or a Giants loss. I'm mm. thinking uh, maybe the, if, the, if the Giants win, there'll be a little bit of a letdown and, and then we could uh, uh, take advantage of that. But if the Giants lose, there's going to be anger and there's going to be that sense of urgency. And, you know, right. but, but, but here's, here's the thing. I'm going to have to get back to old style Washington, Burgundy, and gold football and, and say, I don't care. I don't care if the Giants win or lose. Right. I, you know, bring them both. Tell them, right. pick up some of the Eagles, bring them with you. <laughs> you know, we'll beat, <laughs> we'll beat all y'all, right? You know, right. I, here's right. one thing that the, the Giants have that that is the Eagle, Eagles kryptonite. They have a strong running game. If, if they just continue to feed Saquon, just let them get – Two yards here, three yards there. That stuff adds up, and it takes its toll. The um, the Eagles are good; they're aggressive, but they're they're kind of light. You know what I'm saying? They, they don't have that 
they don't have the big bruises up front. The linebackers are fast, but how much of a pound? You know, you can hit Saquon like 10, 15 times a game by, by time six, uh, the 16th time, you could be a little bit slower to stick your shoulder right. in there. Right. Yeah. So, and, you know, that's how Washington beat them. They, they beat them by, by controlling the ball and just keeping it on the ground. The Texans could have beaten the Eagles the same way, but, you know, by controlling the ball, but running at them. So, you know, but that, that, that was the game that Jordan Davis is, got hurt. Yeah, and for, yeah. for now, from then, they uh, picked up Sue. And they picked up uh, Lovell uh, uh, Dosa also. So they try to address that uh, position that, uh, you know, they was, you know, wasn't stout on the defensive line. But I think yeah, Jordan yeah. Davis, their pick rookie, is back. And you still got Mr. Fletcher. So they start yeah. against the run. It's kind of hard, but I'm willing to challenge, you know. I'm, I think we have a good, we're going to have a good enough game plan against the, um, against the Eagles to really surprise because they're not going to outsmart us. You're not going to outscheme this. We're going to be ready and we're going to be prepared for, um, you know, for the Eagles. And I, 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 just like I said, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. Like we're going to be, it could be like the Patriots uh, year that we won, uh, won the Super Bowl. We lost to the nine uh, Patriots that year, and then we uh, rematched them in the uh, Super Bowl. So I, I can see that scenario playing out too. Yeah. Well, that um, if it's the same. Super Bowl winning team I'm thinking about. I believe they started 0-2 that year. And mm -hmm. that's always my inspiration. We start slow. I said, well, the Giants did it. Right, right. <laughs> you, know, you know, but I'm I'm looking forward to this this weekend of football, man, because this is, it's, you know, the, the pretty boy football is nice. The, 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 the motion jet sweeps and and all that, the nice, you know, curly-haired QBs and all that. <laughs> I, I, I love all this, but I like to see it. Down, dirty, uh, you know, fake, fake dirt on the ground, whatever, right? If you know, if it's there, it's fake dirt. Here, it's real dirt and mud. You know, I, I like to see that. And you know, you don't have to score a ton of points for me. Just score one more than the other guy, which we should have done Sunday. But uh, you know, we should we should have won that game by a fifty-eight yard field goal, just like you all uh, could have won by a fifty-eight yard field goal. I'm right. just curious curious as to how they react. I mean, Bergen Go has a bye week. They can, you know, I don't know if they're going to give. Traditionally in this town, if they won the week before the bye, they get to play some time off. If they if they lose, they did not. They should have, yeah, if they lost, they should have just made them practice right there. Right, right there. The right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had we had a coach, Wyman Colonna, Anacostia High School, made the lineman hit the pass, <laughs> hit the sleds at halftime. <laughs> At halftime, there's no joke, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So, hey, look, man, I appreciate you uh, uh, so ably being the co-host of this show. Uh, I'm sure Claude's going to uh, mend nicely now that you know you got some competition, but this is a friendly competition, right? <laughs> it's always a pleasure when you're on this show, man. We always have a good time, man. You know, the, the, you know, you have to be back, man, in two weeks, right? Oh, you know, yes, you, indeed. Yes, indeed. You have the open invitation to be back in two weeks. We're going to have so much to discuss. It, 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 it could be next week if you want. So. <laughs> hey, look, that's, that's, <laughs> hey, look, this is one thing about this this platform. We own it. <laughs> so, yeah, All why right. not? Why All not? Right. Okay, let's All do right. it next week, man. Next week, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen, right from the horse's mouth, Rodney Henderson. I'm Kevin Stanfield. This is this week's edition with a shout-out to Claude Jennings and Clyde Jenkins on the Federal Football Report.